fight and we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to fuss no 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 we don't have to hey welcome to episode five of just chill with oliver george uh still rocking the new camera setup and the guest today is none other than michaela chung hey the camera should be on you now so <laughs> great to be here um I met you doing comedy, but I only recently realized that you're somewhat new to comedy, like a year or so you were saying in one of your videos. Yeah, like almost a year and a half. Uh, so that's the thing is you seem to be into a lot of other stuff that I didn't know about. Uh, like you're into dancing. You've got a lot of followers on YouTube. I was very impressed. Um, with my introvert channel, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. So that's the mm -hmm. the main sort of uh, push of your YouTube channel, right? Is Is helping introverted people. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I do for a living. So that's, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I also, it's kind of separate, I guess. I have, I started a YouTube channel to post more like everything about myself other than introversion and a little bit of comedy. But yeah, I have, I've been doing what I do for a long time. So that explains all the yeah. followers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just uh, really impressed. I mean, one of your videos had like 75,000 views. Like, good Lord. Yeah, wow. Even when I look some, because I don't check that often. I haven't been posting on that channel regularly. But yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's impressive. But I don't. <laughs> it must, yeah, it must feel good. I mean, I was going to ask, like, um, partially it's got to be time, right? Just putting out a lot of content over a long period of time, it's eventually going to work to a, a degree, I would think. But yeah. um, beyond that, though, like, what would you say is a good way to cultivate viewership if you are, say, aspiring to to get subscribers and that kind of thing because I have like 28 so you know <laughs> yeah I think well in my case uh having a really niche topic mm. that is also in demand I mean when I started writing about introversion uh the book quiet had just come out by Susan Cain and it it became a bestseller and um it's kind of started a movement about and but there weren't a lot of websites about introversion so there okay. are all these people introvert interested in introversion uh but not a lot of content so that is kind of the magical recipe right because if Fill there aren't the gap, that many people yeah. doing it uh so that's why it's hard if like everybody's doing the same thing like you could do a comedy channel but it's like easier if you have like a specific angle mm -hmm. a specific point of view and even um you know, I try to have like edgier titles or titles that I, I know that. people are like, they're just very clickable. Yeah. The typical SEO. Well, no, one of them I saw stuff. was like, um, I have a secret or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, that instantly makes you want to click it. And you're like, what's the secret? You know? Right. No, that's cool though. It's very clever because I feel like, um, I was telling you on the way here, I, I kind of suck at the social media side of things. I know that it's something that's kind of necessary to make it, but um, yeah, I just find, uh, I, I wish I wasn't even on my phone as much as I already am. You know what I mean? So the idea of going and like posting a bunch of stuff, it just, it feels like mind numbing sometimes. Yeah. But you, um, like with my social media for work, I just, you know, I use a scheduling app, just do it all at once. Okay. Like do the posting a... for the week nice. at once. Yeah. Okay. That's smart. Yeah. Easier. Be really rigorous about sticking to that. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. Um, with the introverted stuff, I watched one of your videos where you were saying that people had been asking you like uh, how you can classify yourself as an introverted person when it, it would seem that you do somewhat extroverted activities, be it, you know, stand up comedy or even just having a YouTube channel and welcoming people into your life like that. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I've obviously heard the term uh, introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert or whatever. And I sort of feel like that sometimes, too. So I just kind of wanted to hear your description of, um, you know, why you consider yourself an introvert. 
Yeah, and this is something that comes up so much. People mistake introversion for shyness. Mm. Uh, but introversion and shyness are two different things. You can be introverted and shy. You can be extroverted and shy because shyness has to do with a fear of something. So a fear of social interactions, a fear of public speaking, a fear of getting on stage. Um, and introversion has to do with where you get your energy from. And also, you know, introverts brains are even wired differently. We have more gray matter. We have longer neural pathways. So we just tend to communicate differently. Hmm. We tend to, um, be overstimulated more easily. So socializing and making conversation is actually really stimulating, mm -hmm. right? You're using a lot of parts of your, of your brain. You're processing a lot of information. So, uh, introverts want to be alone more because of that. Because oh, so, okay. we're losing energy, we're getting drained, so we want to be alone. So I like people um, for the most part. <laughs> I should <Yeah>. say, <laughs> I like some people, <laughs> but uh, I do need more time alone. And I'm I'm not afraid of performing. Um, just like anybody else, I'll get nervous. Yeah. But that has, it's just separate from introversion, you know? Well, that's what I was sort of thinking is you could be an introvert, but still have that laser focus for that one thing you really want to put your efforts towards and kind of block everybody out in a sense, being super introverted, you know, like just ignore the audience, ignore everybody, just do your thing. That's very introverted in a way, you know, uh, while you're doing a sort of something that looks extroverted. So, um, I was going to say more like, how do, how do you handle the green room? Is that like more of where you would find your introverted nature coming out when you have to just like talk to random ass people sometimes? They're not. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it doesn't really have to do with not being able to talk to people. I do find like it's just like an equation, you know, for introverts, um, a certain amount of hours or minutes of socializing is just going to be more draining. Interesting. So you I have to need to recharge your battery more kind of. Exactly. Hmm. So I have to consider that I do like if I'm doing more stand up, um, it is more draining for me. The, the whole experience of it is more draining, especially if I'm nervous. It's just like because it it really. Uh, it, it stimulates your nervous system so much, right? So mm -hmm. I think I need more recovery time. Um, but it's, I'm not really like, especially in the green room, the thing about comics is they're so, a lot of comics are introverts. True, yeah. And I like being with comics because there's not a lot of small talk. They tend to that's just true. like say whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't beat around the bush. Yeah. Which for introverts, that's what introverts don't like is a lot of small talk. So that's interesting because yeah. I've never thought of myself as an introvert because I always try to engage people and I like talking. But now the way you're describing, I'm like, I, maybe I am kind of an introvert because I feel like um, I'm I'm outgoing for sure. But I also like my privacy, too. Mm -hmm. And I assume that has to do with being an introvert to a degree. Yeah, wanting that alone time. And it, you, the, a good way to tell is, you know, if you go to like a two-hour social event where you don't know a lot of people, like how do you feel afterwards and how much time alone do you need afterwards? Yeah, I mean, I guess I do always need some time to kind of cool off. I, like, especially if I work, uh, I work overnight sometimes at the hospital and any shift really. I love just being alone for like three hours, especially if I'm supposed to try to go to sleep after. Uh, yeah. Just I need that unwinding time to like, you know, smoke a joint by myself and maybe like work on a craft or something just to just have my own space. So I guess, yeah, I, I just yeah. never really thought about it in that context before because I always just instantly labeled myself as an extrovert because of the types of things like this, you know, doing a right. podcast. You must be an extrovert. Yeah. But now you've made me reconsider. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, okay. So one thing that, again, I thought was extroverted, but now I'm reconsidering is uh, you're into dancing. And uh, you do salsa, you were saying, mainly? 
Yeah, I used to be obsessed. I, I'm one of those people who has like hobby obsessions and I'm just okay, like, like that too, yeah. all the way in for a long time until I'm done and then and I do just drop move on. Off. Yeah, yeah. Right so, now it's kind of stand up, but. Um, I thought you did a dancing thing not that long ago. I thought I saw it on I Facebook. I still do it, but not obsessively. Like I used to do it. I used to perform and compete and I would dance like five nights a week, like go out social dancing, oh. take classes. I was part of a team that performed. I need like, to go to the gym then pretty much, right? I would assume that's enough not of a really. workout. Yeah. No, it was a good workout. Um, but now I just do it. Like, yeah, I was at a, a special event that I emceed at uh, oh, nice. the salsa convention in Ottawa. But um, yeah, now I'll do it like a couple times a month. I'll go to special events. So how did you get into salsa though? Was that something that someone sort of thrust upon you like a family member or is it something you were just like, I want to do this. It looks cool. <laughs> thrust upon me. Well, you know, sometimes like your parents are like, you're going to sign up for basketball because I like basketball, you know? Yeah. Um, well, not quite like that, but actually um, it was something my mom and I did together when I was younger. Okay. She was really into ballroom dancing. Oh, nice. So I started taking ballroom dancing when I was little for a few years and then when I was in high school, she got into salsa dancing. And then it was easy for me to just kind of go and follow along. Yeah, especially after the ballroom stuff. You must have kind of a framework for yeah. following a lead and, and dancing in a pair and stuff like that. Yeah, so cool. then I then I got more into it after that. Salsa seems much more intense, though, than ballroom dancing. I would, I would yeah. I mean, I don't know, but salsa always looks like really, or maybe I'm thinking the tango. Um, I don't know. Salsa is definitely more like hip movement, wiggly. It's like, like Shakira kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Yeah, I for me, dancing has been kind of a weird... I, I was telling you about this, but um, I was the guy my whole life that every time I was in a dancing scenario, it felt like I was at a grade eight, like, dance, too nervous to, like, you know, make an ass of myself in front of my friends or whatever. I think that was something that must have happened when I was younger, and it just stuck with me, and I would just avoid dances like the plague. Um, and then when I met my fiance, Kelly, um, I had gotten divorced and we had been together, I want to say a year or two at this point. Um, and we went to a wedding and obviously alcohol was involved, but it was also more just like, uh, I felt so comfortable with her and I was like, oh, well at the end of the night, like we're going together to, to go home together and, and, you know, be a couple. And I was just so happy that I didn't give a fuck anymore about like looking stupid or whatever. And then... When I got into it, I was like, oh, shit, I'm actually a fucking good dancer. Like, and I'm not just saying that. I've had, like, many people attest to that. But um, I was like, it makes sense. I play music. I have rhythm. Like, I was, it was just the fear that was holding me back. Just the, the overthinking it and just not letting you feel the body, you know? And musicians are usually better dancers because rhythm's a huge part of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. If I feel the that's one thing I have noticed is we, we try to go out dancing, you know, at least a few times a year when we can get a babysitter and all that. And uh, in Ottawa, it's not that easy. It has to be like a Friday or a Saturday to find anywhere, first of all. If you try and find a place to dance on like a Tuesday night, at least in our experience, not that easy. Um, and then I've noticed that if the song is not something that I'm into, I can't fake it. I just can't fake it. Mm. And that's uh, maybe some people can, but over-processed music. Um, I like something real like James Brown or something with like real soul in it and like you can feel live bands are way better too in my opinion than um trying to rock out to a dj not to shit on djs but. yeah so true i don't enjoy going out dancing like club dancing unless i like dancing to hip-hop and like old school you know like nine late 90s oh yeah early yeah. 2000s oh we just went to a thing at house of targ that was this band doing all 90s stuff and it was like the funnest night ever <laughs> yeah the dance floor was like the perfect size you know sometimes they're too big sometimes they're too small this was just right yeah oh my god <laughs> um, yeah, no, live band's the way to go, I think, too, because uh, DJs, they, they butcher songs sometimes. Like, we went to a karaoke thing, and it was 
pretty cool for the first half, and then the DJs went crazy playing stupid shit, and it made me so upset because <laughs> they were doing Hey Jude by the Beatles, and they had remixed it where it's like, you know, fucking air horn. I was like, oh my god, John Lennon's rolling in his grave right now. Like, yeah, that's it's annoying because uh, often they'll start with good music. Well, my opinion of good music, and then they'll move into like electronic and mixes. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of remixes and stuff. Or, or like the Heart and Crown. It's a great place. They have a live band. It's good for dancing. But then when the live band takes their breaks, they switch to completely different music. And that's the part I don't understand. Not to shit on like any kinds of music, but that's weird. You have like yeah. this live band playing like Brian Adams songs and then they switch to like getting crunk or something. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make Who are you sense. trying to? Yeah. Anyways. Um, Oh, yeah, I was going to say, anything on your channel, I'm assuming we can talk about, right? Anything you've already posted? Yeah. Because the Mormon stuff, very interesting to me. You were, like, married really young, right? And you were, uh, I'm assuming it had to do with the church stuff? Yeah, I was, I wasn't raised Mormon, um, but I joined the Mormon church, so the Church of Latter-day Saints, um, when I was 19. And, yeah, and then I got married, like, a year and a half later, but so, it was like related to the church, someone you had met through the someone church. Someone I met through the church who was like born and raised like hardcore Mormon, came from a family of seven kids. Uh, so, yeah, I had a very different lifestyle back then. Like I was all about the cardigans and, you know. Did you have to like do the knocking on people's doors and trying to recruit no, or whatever No, that's they call actually it? Jehovah's Witnesses do like I guess anyone in the church can do that, but Mormons, it's usually the young guys who, who actually go on a mission. It's usually two boys on bikes or something, right? Yeah, in, in all the movies suits. at least. Yeah. Yeah, and then they they actually usually come from another country or at least another city, and that's their mission for two years. Is that's like what they do mainly for two years? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've always found that kind of weird with Jehovah's Witnesses too. Um, not to disparage anyone's religion choices or anything, but uh, the idea of like trying to recruit people always seemed kind of sinister to me, and. They, I, but I think in their hearts, they're doing it because they're, like, saving people, right? Yeah. But it seems like soliciting at the same time. So it's it's a weird... Yeah. A... And for some people, it's like I was... I mean, for me, I have no regrets. Uh, it was four years of my life. I've had a very... I've had a lot of diverse experiences and lots of... I have lots of material for stand-up now, and that's just... One oh, yeah, them, for you know? sure. I mean, you seem like a well, uh, down-to-earth, well-rounded person. Like, it's all worked out for the best, it seems. But uh, yeah, it's still interesting. That's like, how do you just get into that? Like, you, you weren't religious growing up at all? or? Um, well, we didn't go to church, really. But my mom, um, like, had Christian beliefs. And she would teach us about Jesus and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so you had some yeah. of that. And then I, in high school, sought out a church because I was always drawn to... I had this idea that church was like a place this glowing place where everyone's happy. And my family life was like a little bit more like I was primarily raised by a single mom. But of course, single moms are rarely single. So, you know, there was like, you know, a boyfriend or, or I had a stepdad for a while, but just not always the most stable. Mm. So church to me was was that was, it was like stability. a family like yeah, that, that family. community feel. Yeah, I and think I that's just, why a lot of people go to church. Honestly, yeah. it's that that unified kind of feeling. But yeah, um, it still seems kind of interesting that at like 19, when most people are like, you know, going to go do their wild 20s shit, you're like, I'm going to get married and, and become super Mormon. Yeah, uh, because I was already in a Pentecostal church for four years at that time. So okay. all through high school, I had like found a church and I was um, so I was already religious. And I was just like the, the missionaries came to my door and uh, they were really hot. One of them in particular was really good looking. <laughs> So I was like, sure, come in. We'll talk about Jesus. I was like, I'm already going to, ch to a church, but why not? Yeah. 
Um, so they, we, I talked to them and it was, but then it was a genuine thing. Then I started meeting with the, they have like sister missionaries who are female missionaries. I met with them. I prayed, I fasted and it honestly felt like, like the right thing for me. And that's why I did. And, uh, I still have family who like, I have family members who joined the church after me and, um, it's been really great for them. They've like, and they're still in, they're still in the church. And, but do they don't hold it against you for getting out? Getting out. Well, I don't it's know. Not like a, <laughs> I don't think of it as a cult any more than another religion, but... um, No, I'm not trying to imply that by any means, but... It's... uh, For no longer choosing to follow or whatever you want to... I'm sure maybe there was some disappointment, but but no. I wonder how many more uh, people would be Mormons right now if they had only sent out hot Mormon recruiters. (laughs) (laughs) It works. Yeah, you let them in the house because of that at least. Um, But okay, the thing about Mormons, though, I feel like probably a lot of people don't know that much about Mormons, including myself, and I've only ever heard... Uh, you know, the, the, something about underpants. There's like magic underpants in the story. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I guess like any religion, a lot of religions have symbols and theirs happens to be under their clothes. But there was a guy, right? Yeah. Like, can you give me the like the Coles notes on just the what they believe? Because there's um, a guy, right, in the 1800s or something? Yeah. It's, I feel like I'm not the best person to even... <laughs> Say it's been so long, um, but yeah, they had like they believe that uh, prophets are still exist because um, like so back in the day, there's there's all these prophets, right? There's like Jesus, and then there's Muhammad, Muhammad and yeah. yeah, and so Mormons actually believe that they were prophets, um, and there are still prophets in this modern day. Okay, and Joseph Smith. That's the, the founder guy, yeah. okay. was one of them. And so he came out with um, the Book of Mormon. And and he found yeah. some golden tablets or something, I thought. Yeah. Um, and and translated them. So, Crazy. I mean, that's the, the belief. Yeah. I, so, I've never really delved into it too deep. I've just heard kind of like, you know. Yeah. I'd say their beliefs are quite similar to just any religion of as far as because they do still follow the the, the Bible. base, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the they still use the values. Bible, yeah, okay. along with the book, Book of Mormon. Um, but they are like it's just then cultural and structural differences. Mm. You know, like they, it's a very practice what you preach, very disciplined. Um, there's a lot of like if you're part of the church, you get a calling, and that could take several hours a week. Oh wow! So I mean, up to several hours a week if you have a higher calling. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's just different in that way. Like, I think it's great for people who really like that structure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. is I always wonder with that structure, like, is it just a way of not facing realities to a degree? Like, and not just Mormons, but like anyone that clings to a religion, like where it's like their whole existence. And I just wonder, like, are, are is it because you're afraid to think about like reality as what it might be other than this one little thing that you've sort of like locked yourself into believing to be true? You know what I mean? I I feel like it's naive to to come to this planet and be born into this earth and not hear out a bunch of religions and kind of consider the whole spectrum as opposed to just being like, especially it's, it's unfair when little kids are just in, indoctrinated by their parents or whatever, where it's like, coming to church, Jimmy, and then you're kind of just like, what are you going to do, right? It's your parents. They're bringing you. You're forced to. Yeah. And your brain is like a little sponge at that age. So you kind of suck it all in, you know? Well, you're taking in something no matter what. So eventually you'll be able to choose. Yeah, exactly. When yeah. you're grown up, I, I only say this because uh, I went to Catholic school from, you know, kindergarten until grade eight. And I find that it definitely did 
uh, have effects on me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, it's, I have some of that Catholic guilt for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jesus is watching you, but then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not even like Catholic. Why do I care? You know? Um, so it's just one of those things I think is kind of strange. I think kids should maybe have to be at least teenagers before you bring them to church. Like it should be their decision. Like, Hey, I've done the research. I want to get baptized. I want to come into the fold, you know, as opposed to just being like told to, I don't know. Make it complicated on Sundays. It's like kids, you're staying at home. We're going to church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's not the best idea. I kind of understand why you bring your kids, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a bit of a flawed system. Um, so being Mormon, though, if you had married someone that wasn't Mormon, would they have given you shit? Like, did you have to marry someone? You shit. Yeah, no, I mean. It's not uh, a hard rule. No, the thing is, like, if you're an upstanding member of the church and you marry someone within the church who's also an upstanding member, then you can get married in the temple. Oh. And that's where they have the like perks. their special ceremonies and there you can be married for eternity. So that's like So everybody else isn't married for eternity if if they're not that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Till death do we part. Not. Yeah. But it's like actually I think that the other people have the better end of the deal cuz eternity is a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> shit, man. Eternity is fucking crazy when you actually just wrap your mind around that concept of eternity. No matter what you equate it to, like I've I've done both where I'm thinking like, okay, imagine you go to heaven. But imagine being there forever. Like, wouldn't you just get bored at some point and be like, all right, I have everything I could ever want. Yeah, even the, what I don't know, 26 virgins or whatever, would that be? It's <laughs> not enough for eternity. Like, yeah, how much sex can you have before you're like, all right, you know, I need a break or whatever. Like, it's just yeah. the idea of this paradise. If anything, it feels like it would be even easier to get bored in heaven because there's no struggle. There's no anything mm -hmm. to overcome it's just like oh everything's great all the time mm -hmm. like fuck kill me now <laughs> oh wait i'm already dead <laughs> like yeah. and then the other alternative is the atheist way where it's like when you're dead you're just dead and you're never going to do anything ever again ever 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 that fucks with my head man when i think about that I don't know. yeah it makes it hard to like have hope yeah it makes me understand nothing. why people seek out religion and something that promises more something another around the corner there's something else you know but they say that's uh, one of the remedies to a midlife crisis is actually taking up religion. Yeah, like the born again Christian kind of thing, where they're like, get back to your roots and. Yeah, because the part of the midlife crisis is the realization that you're going to die, that Very your life so. is almost yeah. it's half over, and so, so that but <laughs> she people... looks at my dad. She's like, <laughs> he's got a little less time. <laughs> I thought I saw him nodding. That's why. Oh no, I'm just. Um, but yeah, so they actually say that one of the things that helps is to become religious. I think that a lot of people do do that and maybe not full on join a religion, but I definitely have thought a lot more about just death in general and getting older and like, what do I believe in? Mm -hmm. And just trying to do more good things, trying to like put good stuff into the world and even just doing the podcast. I'm like, okay, well, if I can do something that I enjoy doing and maybe someone else is going to enjoy it or learn something from it. At least that's sort of a good thing to put in the world. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't like cure cancer or anything, but everybody can try and help in their own way to like put more positive out there than negative, you know? Mm -hmm. And as far as I can tell, that's the only religion at this age that I'm willing to like sign up for is just like, don't be an asshole. Like be a good person. I went to the fucking uh, gas station last night and I was, I had been running around doing so many things and it was like, go get toilet paper and pick up whatever fucking thing we needed. And I go in there and uh, I, I bought papers too. Cause I was out of papers and, uh, the dude, he said, uh, he was like an Indian guy. And he said, you keep weed? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Do I keep weed? 
And I figured out he was asking me if I had any weed. And I was like, oh, dude, you know, you can buy it in the store now. But he said, no, I'm working long hours, whatever. So I fucking, even though I was exhausted, I came home and I put some different kinds of weed in a bag and I just went back and gave it to him. And he couldn't even believe that I was just giving it to him for free. Just gave it to him. Yeah. He was nice. like, I can send you Interac. I'm like, no, man, it's all good. Just get high. You know, uh, that whole idea of like pay it forward, you know, just do something nice. And then when that person's like, really? You go, yeah, but just do something nice for someone else with the same kind of, you know, no expectations and just that hope that they're going to perpetuate the niceness, you know? Yeah, Jesus fed the people with uh, bread and fish, and you're giving them weed. Yeah. Nice. It's a modern-day miracle. <laughs> weed is in the Bible, apparently, too. I don't well, know. They, I've heard, yeah, that's the theory. Or some plant that they, they think was cannabis, probably. The oil. Yeah, I think. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some CBD sort of CBD oil. oil or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus was in the know. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I was totally just going to say something, and I totally forgot feeding the masses when you said something about jesus i was gonna go on this tangent ah oh maybe weed. better that you <laughs> weed sabotaged me um shit oh okay so i was gonna ask though why the change then if you were married and really religious like what was the shift what took you out of that um yeah after a couple of years i think i knew i just wasn't as into the church culture mm. because when i joined the the mormon uh, lds church I, so I was young, single, and they actually had a young, single adults, what they call ward is, which is like a congregation. And so it was like a congregation of all people around my age, you know, up until like 19 to 30. Okay. And they were all not married. So it just had a different energy, of course. Definitely, um, yeah. Younger people tend to be, even in in religion, I mean, more open-minded. There was just a different energy, different vibe. It was more fun, <laughs> to be honest. And when I got married and I went, started going to the regular church, first of all, I was like, you know, there were some things that obviously I didn't believe. The core thing is the beliefs. Like, yeah. That's the important thing. But the culture is a big thing, too. And I was like, you know, I don't identify with this church culture. It felt very stale. So which, which things mainly were you finding it hard to uh, um, wrestle with, sort of? Well, I found. Are, are it, they sticklers for uh, no sex before marriage and that kind of shit? Oh yeah, which I abided by, and then I got married. That's why I got married young. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Mormons get married. Fair young. enough. Yeah. But um, what was well? It, there was like a closed-mindedness and like um, a rigidness and kind of this sense that your whole life is laid out for you as well. And part of that was being married so young of like, whoa, what I. I know exactly what's next. Mm -hmm. And if you see the trajectory of my life since leaving the church, I traveled so much and I'm very much like a creative person. And in the church, it, there's kind of, you know, you don't have to do anything. But if you're not married at 25, you know, people are going to be like, you know, Something's you got to thinking about being married. Don't travel so much. You got to. Mm. So marriage very and limiting, family yeah. is the main thing. And also, yeah, the the undergarments I found very intrusive. And again, that's... Oh, wait. So there's a... They actually... Sorry, I don't know. I just knew there... I thought there was a magical underwear and that was part of the story, but I didn't know there was something you guys had to do. Yeah, well, yeah. What, what do they make it's you... something that people don't talk about much. I don't want to be respectful of Mormons because well, I know it's I'm not in no them. way trying to yeah. like uh, shit on them. I'm just literally curious. I don't yeah, know. Like... No, so... Um, but being respectful of... I feel like it's just a symbol of... A religion so the undergarments are a symbol just like the hijab or yeah, yeah, anything for sure. or anything else um for me i didn't i just didn't believe in them enough in their sacredness enough what are they though they're golden or no, no they're just like 
It's just regular underwear. Underwear. They're, but they're like. I have to Google this now. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. You guys, y'all can look it up. I don't want to get too much into it, but no, for um, sure, for sure. For a woman, especially, they were like very much more intrusive than for a man because they're just like kind of big and uncomfortable. Um, and there were reasons behind them. But anyway, I didn't believe in the reasons. And I was like, I hate these things. And it just made me feel very restricted. And Totally. Yeah, yeah I can totally relate to that. Um, yeah. I think that what you were saying, too, that people who get married young, I think that happens a lot where they feel like, oh, OK, I'm married. I have a kid now. Like, this is my whole life. Like, and I'm only 25 or whatever. It feels like just not right. You want like you want to go and live your life and travel and do all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people that get married young end up in that situation where they kind of feel like trapped, you know? Yeah. Uh, cause you don't know anything else when you're exactly. that young. So we'd moved, um, I was married in Ottawa and then we moved to Victoria and I went to school there and I was, you know, taking creative writing. And I remember just thinking in my creative writing class, like I had this realization, uh, I'm a grown woman and there's so much that I didn't know. Like I was just, I was really so sheltered and I don't want to be in this life anymore. And part of being a grown up is, you know, you take responsibility for the decisions you made. Mm -hmm. If you want to change something, change it. So I did. And that's difficult at that it age. Must, I was just going to say else. that must have been really scary to do because not only are you then ending a marriage but you're also ending your marriage to the church at the same time like double whammy you know so mm -hmm. and one led to the other or i'm guessing i was just ready to leave both like it just might as well rip the band-aid off yeah yeah i was already kind of i think i had stopped going to church for like maybe a month beforehand or stopped wearing so the garments you just weren't feeling it you knew it yeah yeah interesting and then the husband must have stayed in the church or no yeah, yeah. As far I'm sure he's still. Well, yeah. In the I guess church. you don't keep tabs on him, like. Um, no, not really. But I, you know, you hear through the grapevine, and I yeah, think he's, yeah, he's you, happily remarried and has his there you go. his dream life, right? We, and I have my dream life. What's your dream life then? Yeah. What are you kind of aspiring? I mean, I know you like to do comedy, and you, you seem like it just into a lot of things and very talented in a lot of ways. But um, like, what do you? What's your? I think what I'm doing now, but bigger and better. Nice. You know, I really love what I do, and. Um, I've been lucky to have a lot of success with that. So um, right now I'm really focused on working one-on-one -on -one with... Good Lord. Um, That's my phone. Hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, right now, yeah, my business is kind of... Um, I just focus... I'm focused more on working one-on-one -on -one with clients as opposed to like growing um, and having like more followers and stuff so so that I actually can give more creative energy to stand-up. Because stand-up is my where I have like a big vision of... Um, you know, within a year, I definitely want to start doing um, corporates. Nice. So I started writing all clean material. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. I don't go super dirty, but I always like talk about boners and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, it's hard. I don't know. Is that allowed at a clean gig or does it have to be like super PG? No, I don't think the boner jokes are generally what they want for like corporate events. <laughs> it's okay. The word corporate makes me go, Ugh. I know. And I know that's how you make the money though. Um. But it, yeah, so far I've actually really enjoyed it because a lot of my, my whole set got really dirty for a while because my best jokes were really dirty and I still like those jokes. But um, I started writing a lot about my family and being raised by a single mom. Nice. And I'm really liking writing about that, actually. It's nice to have both to be able to pull from too, right? Like if, you, if you're doing a show where everybody's doing blue material, then you can jump on or you can go to do the corporate thing. That's exactly. really cool. Because there are some... <laughs> times when you're like 
this these people don't want dirty jokes right like yeah especially some smaller show at a coffee shop or something and you're like okay mildred in the front who's 70 she doesn't want to hear about uh, my vagina so (laughs) dude i can relate oh my god i did um a set where I was like the feature whoop de doo uh, and I did like 15 minutes and I wanted to get off stage so bad because they just weren't feeling it and I don't know maybe I wasn't on that night but I was singing songs about furries and doing jokes about like fleshlights and shit like that and it was at a curling club in Renfrew for like 12 people and like eight of them were like over the age of 60 so it was like Oh man, it's hard when you like know the audience isn't digging you, but you have to yeah. finish anyways. <laughs> it's yeah. like, good lord. Uh, it's uh. probably like that for men a lot in the bedroom, right? <laughs> Lady's not digging you, but you're gonna finish anyways. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't. Know. Um, I always make sure they're satisfied. No, I don't know. I don't <laughs> See, know how it's to so respond. easy to make dirty jokes. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. It's low hanging fruit for sure. But yeah. that's why um, now I'm writing completely clean because then your mind doesn't go there. Because I find if you're writing dirty, your mind just goes there immediately. Mm-hmm. But if you're writing clean, then it's like, you know, you just automatically start to have to think, okay, what's the other angle? I, I generally don't like, um, feel super comfortable telling really, really dirty shit either. The same reason I don't talk about like race. I don't usually talk about like sexuality. Any, I don't like the idea of like someone in the audience being legit bummed out by what I said or being like pissed off or whatever. I don't, not one of those people that I really want to rock the boat and upset somebody, you know? So I find that part of comedy pretty hard. Uh, and I went and did a show in Montreal at, uh, shout out to Matt Shuri. He has a show called um, Show Apartment where it's like in his apartment. I've heard of it. Yeah. It was very fun. It was a, it was a cool time. Um, I'm not going to fucking name the guy's name because i don't know him that well and uh he'll probably never fucking hear this but there there was a guy who went on that night as like the feature in the apartment and uh he was just so raunchy and so like it was like douchey 80s guy stuff where like every fucking joke was like yeah you know when you got your fucking dick all up in a chick's face and like every fucking joke i'm not and like all the women in the audience were just like silently cringing and the guy didn't pick up on any of that he just kept fucking powering through and it was just like made me so uncomfortable like as a guy i hate that like locker room talk i don't know i've never been that kind of guy it just feels like i don't know yeah and the big part of that is reading the room and having enough material exactly exactly. that you can do something else if you're they're not into it yeah he did like one joke about a guinea pig at the very end of the set and i was like buddy you lost them a long time (laughs) like i don't know not to hate on this guy maybe he's got a different set that's fucking hilarious but for me i just i hate when people lean into that just dickhead culture of just being like i don't know i just fucking always hated guys like that personally i never got along with them they always made me feel like some kind of fucking sissy because i wasn't an asshole who needed to be all bravado all the time you know what i mean yeah i don't know i can't stand like chest puffing bullshit i worked in security too for like 10 years and there was a lot of that a lot of like uh just people who small man complex where they have to constantly like respect my authority kind of shit drives me fucking crazy yeah yeah it's annoying um, I was going to say, there's uh, one thing that we've been asking people because we have the nerd wall of inspiration. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting too far from the mic here. Um, but yeah, if you could have any superpower, specifically one superpower, not like a character that you want to be, what would that be and why? It's proven to be pretty interesting when we've asked people this. <laughs> I would want to be able to absorb people's knowledge and skills. 
Ooh, that's a cool yeah, one. Yeah, because then you could learn any instrument or any language. That's a big thing. That would be really sweet, but only if you had the ability to like absorb the knowledge without like taking all their memories at the same time. I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to carry people's oh, yeah. like baggage and no. like, emotional. <laughs> it's like, oh great, you know how to speak Swedish, but now I have to have like your fucking divorce in my head or whatever. You know, no, you'd lose it pretty fast. No, no, just the knowledge that's of the, cool. the scale itself. Do you speak multiple languages now, or no? And that's why I'm I uh, I've been meaning to become fluent in Spanish for a long time. But uh, I just kind of know the basics. I actually want to learn Spanish, too. I have no real reason to. I just think it's a cool language. It's used in a lot of fucking places, like yeah. more than like, probably any other besides English. I would say it's, I, I would know. think maybe, maybe um, what, what, what else the languages they speak in India, just because there's so many people. Well, and same thing goes for like China, like Mandarin and um, Cantonese. I'm sure there's a lot of people speaking that, too. Yeah. Yeah. But not here. No, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Let's talk dating. There we go. Because then I can edit it easily, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So dating. Actually, that is a perfect question because you're now single. You're in your 30s now. Mm -hmm. So what's that? Like, I've heard you talk about this in comedy a bit, but. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's been a great source of material. Um, yeah. So I've been dating. I actually went to, uh, well, I got to say, sometimes, you know, you do things and you think, you know, this, this, no matter what happens, this could be good material. This could be, I could learn something, whatever. Basically what I'm saying is I tried speed dating. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. I've only ever seen that in movies. Like, yeah. And, and, um, it was one of those things where you go and you're really, you're kind of scared of bumping into someone, you know, it's like if you bump into think of that. If yeah. you bump into someone at the, the dollar store and you're like, I don't usually come here. I'm just yeah, you're I'm just here for the pens. <laughs> I'm not. I don't grocery shop here. <laughs> but uh, it was kind of that. There's nothing wrong with the dollar store. <laughs> I go to Valley Village all the time, man. You get some sick clothes there. Right. Yeah. So. <coughs> uh, yeah, but once I was there, it was it was fine. It was. I'm pretty used to putting myself out there with stand up and just different things. And it's short, right? You get to keep switching. Or like, how long do you have to sit and talk with yeah. someone before they switch you to somebody else? They start off with an icebreaker. And so, you you know, you do this game, you answer some trivia type stuff in a, with a partner. Okay. And then you, you move into the speed dating, which I thought was going to be two minutes. Thank goodness it wasn't because that would have been extremely stressful. Uh, it was six minutes per person. That's nice. You get a little more time to kind of, you yeah. know discuss something yeah two minutes would have been oh yeah and you really get a feel for someone in six minutes i think if you're like if you can read people well yeah really... you get an empathetic kind of vibe off someone i'd say yeah. that's long enough yeah and i'm definitely someone who's like i'm all about energy i'm actually we, we didn't talk about that but now i'm very much more like a new age type that's my belief system is okay i'm not like into crystals yet but uh a reiki I, yeah i do them i I'd be down for some Reiki. I think I had have had it done to me, but I'm not like I don't perform Reiki. I'm not that. If it was covered by benefits, I'd do it. I'm not going to pay for that <laughs> shit. But like, I, I I try not to like you know besmirch anyone's beliefs. Like, and, and it can't hurt usually mm -hmm. in those kind of situations. I figure, why not? Like, give it a shot. You know, why not? Yeah. Acupuncture was one of those things. Um, I throw out my back every couple of years. Uh, not as much anymore because I've been trying to do stuff at the gym to like strengthen that area. But uh, one time I, I just destroyed it where for like three days I'm walking like on a 90 degree angle like an old man. And um, they asked me after cracking my back and doing some things if I wanted to do the acupuncture. And I was like pretty freaked out because I don't know if you've never had it. It's kind of intimidating sticking needles in you, right? 
but it was really cool. Like when they hit the right spot and it feels like you're almost on a drug or something, it releases some sort of endorphin or I don't know, maybe it was just the relief from the pain that he was giving me, but Mm. it was really weird. And yet another one that he put in, I had to tell him to take it out because it was like really uncomfortable. So yeah, I've had it once and I couldn't tell. I was really young and healthy at the time and I felt pretty good overall. So I was like, I don't know if this is doing anything. But yeah, my point was that I'm like pretty into energy and I feel like I can get a good read on people's and that's what I'm looking for. I don't like I wasn't interested in, you know, grilling them on their profession or their dreams and goals. I just really just want to get a feel for people if they're um, like an open minded person. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind, you know, you can tell for sure. Yeah. Uh, And I felt like six minutes you can get that. I definitely did. And and I did have like I, I matched with one person. I put down one person. Um so I could tell like, okay, this person's like got a good vibe. I don't know if there's it's like But you were ready yeah. to learn more. Like, I was ready to learn more. Yeah, it's yeah. enough for that, right? Um but then there there was also one person who was a complete dick and really um Wait, what did he do? Left a bad taste in my mouth. Um he he was unfortunately the last one of the last people that i sat down with and he was just i had a very abrasive energy like a very dominant abrasive like he had kept coming at me with the questions really rapid fire and when people are like that um i find like i just naturally like like, uh it's kind of like star trek invisible shields up you know (laughs) (laughs) nerdy reference for nice nice i appreciate Um, it yeah so he was like he asked me what i did and i said oh i work with introverts and he's like are you an introvert? And I said, yes. And he's like, oh, introverts helping introverts. That's interesting. Like very condescending. And um, you, yeah. yeah. And just like you, you seem very serious. He said that. And I was thinking like, yeah, because I don't like you. Yeah, because you're know? being an asshole. Exactly. You're being a dick. Good and um, I, well, I'm just not enjoying, I wasn't enjoying the interaction. But he's like, you seem very serious. Do you, do you consider yourself a warm person? Which is a very, again, a like, weird question kind of someone. a neg. Like, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. implying that I'm not a warm person. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, around people that I connect with. or Oh, man. I would have just flat out been like, you're yeah. being a dick right and now. And then he said, I don't think we're a good match. We're not a good match. Obviously, we're not a match. And like, you don't, I'm like, yes, but you don't say that. That has no form. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just That's so... the most obnoxious, horrible. So that, like, other than that, I would definitely recommend it you know try it out it wasn't a bad experience other than that it seems like one of those things that people just have to get over the initial like feeling embarrassed about doing it in the first place and then just go i mean i think it sounds like you were fun if you're if i was single i would probably think it would be a good time i don't know it's funny though because when you said the six minute thing like you need that length i was actually thinking until you said it with that dude that six minutes could be too long Mm. if you really want to fucking get away from the dude you know that's a good barometer is if it feels like a long time it's like, not oh the right God, person it's been like 20 minutes yeah so um but you at least match with someone sounds like yeah oh my god these dogs are driving me insane um um like how does this compare to like tinder i've given up on tinder uh tinder my what i usually do is open it up swipe a bit and then delete it for a few months that's because <laughs> and i think a lot of people actually yeah. do that reinstall and try again Oh my God, this dog is driving me fucking bonkers. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. I don't know how okay. much of it's going to be picked up. But um, yeah, Tinder, I think a lot of people actually do kind of just fucking delete it when they get embarrassed or when they've had enough bad experiences and then they... Yeah. Well, I just have had enough with... Uh, well, it's not filtered. 
and there people don't write stuff so you're just getting you you can choose the age and the um you know where you're close to the range but um other than that you're just getting anyone right you're just swiping through anyone and they could write nothing whereas i'd, I'd rather just do like a more uh, a site like even plenty of fish which i know people make fun of and uh but but you can find someone better on there because there are people who have to fill stuff out yeah it's more of a full profile on someone as opposed to yeah. just like a picture or whatever yeah, yeah and they even even just seeing when people say they want a relationship or they want dating but nothing serious or mm. casual like that eliminates a lot it's like thank you i don't have to waste my time and then there's like bumble too right which bumble and now the new thing is hinge but i have to say that i was in toronto for the fall and i did go on a tinder date with one person who was amazing actually i i have met amazing people it just hasn't been like a connection for me like a romantic connection yeah but really great guy. So, you know, I think it has to do, because I believe in like energy and what you put out there uh, attracts certain things. So I think it has to do with what, whatever state of mind you're in and whatever like attitude you have, then it doesn't really matter what you choose. Mm -hmm. Like open up the channels, whatever yeah, they are. Yeah, if you're on the right wavelength. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I feel like sometimes I meet people and like right away I just get like a weird vibe like, and usually, or a lot of the time, it turns out to be right, you know? Mm -hmm. But I try not to get too stubborn with that kind of thing because I've had the opposite happen too where I paint someone completely the wrong way and then I get to know them a little better and I'm like, oh shit, I'm the asshole who totally just like assumed you were, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. your, your radar's off and I don't know. That's true. I've had both happen. That's yeah. all I'm saying, yeah. Um, shit, well, honestly, I think that's it, man. The dog just fucking is driving me nuts. <laughs> On top of that, he's probably going to start up anytime, and I don't have uh, much else to say, but cool. definitely an uh, awesome time talking to you, and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, that's it. We usually high-five at the end. Oh. <laughs> cool.